Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream On Podcast. This is Jennifer, your host. I know that it's been a while. Um, I've had to take an unfortunate hiatus um, due to some personal reasons, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about those at the end of the episode. I don't want to talk about them at the beginning because it's kind of a downer, and um, I think a lot of new listeners will tune into this episode. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. This is the episode you should listen to, not the How to Lucid Dream from season one, because this is going to be um, a newer version of that. Not that anything's changed, but I've become better at podcasting since then, and my microphone's better. So hopefully this episode will be superior. That's the goal. That's why I'm redoing it. And I'll probably do this again every season. Um because it's important to go back to basics every now and again and really think about what you want to do, why you want to do it, and just consider what you're doing and like why it actually works. Because dreams are so unique. Just everyone's dreams are different, right? But each dream that you have is different as well. And they're just really special things. And that's one of the draws that people have, I think, to lucid dreaming. Um just as like an activity, as a concept, um, as what it is. But at the same time, even though people kind of know about it, um, they also have a lot of false beliefs about it and a lot of unrealistic expectations. Um, For example, um, if you're someone who is just now looking into lucid dreaming and maybe you've done it once or you've never done it before, um, there are, you know, some things that you need to know. Um, So first of all, it is like any other skill. Um, You have to practice a lot. And, you know, each time you do it, you're going to get better at it. You're going to become more skilled at it. And you're going to be able to do more cool things than you could before. So if the first time you have a lucid dream, um, it's really short and you maybe wake up after just a couple seconds, that's totally normal. In fact, you should expect that to happen the first time you have a lucid dream because chances are the first time you lucid dream, it's a couple minutes before you wake up um, because that's when your brain is like most active. You're starting to wake up and your consciousness is starting to kind of come back to you um, as opposed to being unconscious and asleep and just going along with whatever a dream is doing. So um, this episode is going to be a little different than the first time I did this because I think that it's important right now to talk about how dreams work in general. And this is something that you don't really understand unless you've been dream journaling for a long time or you're listening to this podcast, in which case by the end, you will understand how dreams work. So um, first of all, I know all of this because I've been keeping a dream journal for five-ish years. I'm probably going on six years at this point. Um, I have two journals that are completely full, like I think hundreds of pages at this point. Um, And then I just got another one because I'm going to have to start it within probably a couple of weeks. So um, I've been dream journaling for a long time. I know how my dreams work. I know how other dreams work because there are a lot of things that are the same in all people's dreams. Like the way that dreams work doesn't change between people. We all experience very similar things and there are similar things. events that happen in people's dreams. And I'm not talking about tropes like, oh, I dreamt that my teeth fell out. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about more specific things to lucid dreaming and like specific happenings that you might encounter during lucid dreams. Um, 
for example, a lot of people have a problem where when they lucid dream, um, they struggle to move. And if you struggle to move in lucid dreams, there are reasons for that. And it's something that a lot of people experience. And when people start lucid dreaming, they tend to think that these problems are these insurmountable issues that they are the first person to encounter this. Or if they're not the first person, they think maybe they're unfixable and it's just something they're going to have to deal with forever. And the truth is there is nothing in a lucid dream that you could not change. You can change anything. Um, the issue is more like what you shouldn't change. And that's something I talk about um, in this podcast a lot because the truth is um, your dreams are unique and they're beautiful to you. And um, if you just rolled your eyes, I need you to take that back and never do that to me again because it's rude and it makes me feel bad. <laughs> but um, really, like your dreams are unique to you and they're based on the media that you consume, your own life, your own thoughts and opinions, just how you view the world. That's what shapes your dreams. And People tend to have this belief, which is false, that it's them versus their subconscious, that when they control their dream, they have to fight the dream for control, which, you know, you kind of do. There is like a give and take where, you know, you have to seize control of the dream. But at the same time, you need to understand that when you're lucid dreaming and when you're trying to lucid dream, you're not trying to work against yourself. You're trying to work with yourself because dreaming is something that you do completely naturally every night and every single person dreams five to six times a night. It could be even more, honestly, because science in terms of where we're at with sleep and dreams is like bare basics. Like lucid dreaming, we have no idea how it works. We have no idea how it happens. I've been lucid dreaming my entire life, 20 years, and yet at the same time, like people don't understand lucid dreaming. And even though a ton of people do it naturally and they've always done it naturally, just like me, it's still this foreign thing to a lot of people. Like an insane number of people naturally lucid dream at least one time. Like 50% of people will have a natural lucid dream just at some point in their life. They'll wake up and be like, whoa, I knew I was dreaming. And on that note, um, it is important to define like a lucid dream, just because you're controlling a dream, like that's not what makes it lucid. Of course, if you're controlling your dream, you are lucid, but that uh, control in and of itself does not equal lucidity. So to be lucid in a dream just means to be conscious, to be aware. And that awareness is what defines a lucid dream. So if I'm in a dream and I know that it's all fake, that it's a dream, that this is basically a simulation that my brain has created, it's just a hallucination, that's lucid dreaming. So even if I, you know, I realize that and then two seconds later I wake up and I didn't have time to do anything. That's a lucid dream. And by that definition, a lot more people are like, oh, wow, I have had a lucid dream as opposed to people who are like, oh, yeah, I've known that, I, that I'm dreaming, but I've never controlled anything. So that's not a lucid dream. And that's just not true. So a lot of people have had lucid dreams. A lot of people continue to have them naturally. And everyone's are unique to them, but there are a lot of elements that are the same. So I really want to expand on something that I just said a minute ago and then kind of 
ran past because I was just on a roll talking. Um, the whole idea of um, being conscious in a dream and having to fight with your subconscious um, to control the dream, to stay lucid, all that stuff. I just want to expand a little bit more on that idea because that's a preconception that a lot of people have and it can actually be harmful because the thing about a lucid dream um, or any dream is that your beliefs become the reality that you're in because in the dream, it's not reality. Reality in dreams is you. You created everything there. You are everyone there. It's a simulation that you're in control of directly or indirectly. You control every dream indirectly. So a lucid dream is just one that you're controlling directly and purposefully and consciously as opposed to just letting your brain run wild and do whatever it wants. So it's not that you're fighting yourself for control. It's more so that you're just taking control consciously as opposed to unconsciously. So sometimes people, they think that, um, I really, it's most people, they think that the dream is against them, that the dream doesn't want them to become lucid and all this stuff. And sometimes they experience things like recurring nightmares or um, whenever they become lucid, they have issues like they can't move or something like that. And they, they ask, you know, hey, is the dream like aggressive towards me? Like is my subconscious going after me? And no, of course not. Your subconscious is not going after you because you are yourself. You're not trying to harm yourself in dreams. It's just that sometimes your thoughts can get away from you. And if you're someone who watches like a lot of horror movies and stuff like that, and that's what you're feeding your brain – of course, that's what's going to manifest in your dreams. It's not that you're attacking yourself. It's that that's the stuff you give yourself to focus on. And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about right now, I've done past episodes on. So if that specifically the whole like horror movie thing applies to you, you might want to listen to the garbage in, garbage out episode. Um, not many people listen to it because they just got bored with it. But if you're someone who has that issue, then you should probably check it out. Um, but that that idea of the dream fighting with you and you having to really go against it, like it's a really toxic mindset and it just sets you up for failure because the thing is that your, your expectations in dreams define the reality that you're living in. So, wow, my notification has not gone off in a podcast in a long time. Apologies. Um, so when you're in a dream and you expect something bad to happen, it's going to happen guaranteed. There is no like, you, like you have to manifest things positively because whatever you're thinking about, it's going to happen. And if that just scared you, like that's already the problem because every single thing that you think is dream fuel, every single thing. And every single thing that you do during your day is dream fuel. Like if you go to the grocery store and then you have a dream that night about going to the grocery store, like it sounds so stupid and obvious, but people don't think about that sometimes. Like there are obvious parallels to things you say, things you watch, things you do. And those can manifest in lucid dreams as well, because lucid dreams are just you consciously dreaming as opposed to unconsciously dreaming. So everything there is the same. It's just that now you're aware and you're experiencing it more directly and more actively. So there is no 
me versus my subconscious as like separate entities. We're the same thing. I am me. I am also my subconscious. It's all just part of how I experience the world. It's just that one is more of a conscious living, like where I actively decide what to do. It's like my presence. And my subconscious, my subconscious is more of the processing and, you know, how I understand things more deeply. It's like subconscious is almost like kind of more of a base version of yourself and your conscious mind is more just like you acting on the subconscious or not like to it, but like because of it. So like the subconscious is the base of you and then you, (laughs) you as a conscious person, the things that you do are based on who you are in your subconscious, if that makes any sense. And um, I don't talk about the subconscious a lot um, because like I just said, you are your subconscious. So I don't see a point in trying to overanalyze it because you know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, then if you start lucid dreaming, I promise you'll learn who you are. Um, I know I read a specific story and it was just somewhere on the internet, like on some random post somewhere. And someone was talking about how in their dreams, um, their lucid dreams, they always get uh, distracted because someone uh, someone random in the dream will appear and they need their help for some reason. Like maybe like a child will run up to them because they can't find their parents. And they're like, oh, this happens to me all the time in my dreams. Like, why does this happen to me? Um, I always feel obligated to help and then I get distracted and then I lose my lucidity. And my thought when I read that was, you know, you're a good person. And I don't see a problem because, yes, they were annoyed that they were getting distracted from lucid dreaming. And I totally understand that. But the consequence would like the consequence of not helping them would be bad because then, you know, they would obviously know that they were a bad person. (laughs) So um, that one confused me a little bit. But um, so saying lucid in a dream is not a battle with your subconscious, but it is something that you need to actively do. And um, you're not fighting like your subconscious, but you are fighting essentially your own tiredness and sleep and your own laziness. So staying lucid in a dream is hard work. Genuinely, it's hard work. And it's not hard work physically. Well, I guess it is because physically you're trying to go to sleep, um, essentially. But, um, and I'll explain that in a minute, but um, you're trying to stay aware in a world that is fantastical, ever-changing, like so weird sometimes, and you're just trying to stay centered in yourself and understand that the ground that you're walking on is not real. The people you're talking to are not real. And the dream will do anything to convince you that it is real. And so what that person was talking about with the people coming up to them and talking to them, that will happen all the time in a lucid dream. People come up to you and they interact with you like they're real and you're real and the world around you is real and they want you to go and do stuff with them and participate in this dream storyline because how dreams work is that every dream has a goal. There's always something that you must do for some reason, even if there's no purpose. Like there's going to be something that you have to do, even if it makes no sense, because that's how dreams are built. Dreams are built with a central storyline that's ever changing, you know, like one minute you could be searching for your lost dog and then all of a sudden 
you see a clown and then it becomes a horror dream and you're running from a clown and your dog is there with you. Like dreams, anything that you focus on in a dream will probably become the new main plot. And that's how they evolve. They're very fluid and they change a lot. Um, it's rare. That's why it's rare to have a dream that makes sense. Um, because if you know, you're in that dream looking for your dog and you see a clown, then it's not that the clown was there to become the new plot line. It wasn't set up specifically for that. It was the fact that you saw the clown and you were afraid that created the new plot line that made it that horror dream. Um, it's not that your mind was like, oh, I know, let's have a nightmare. And it just put it there to scare you. It was that, you know, maybe you watched or maybe you saw a real clown that day and then, you know, it was just there in the dream because you saw it in real life and then you're the one that made it into a nightmare. So that's that's back to like the whole garbage in, garbage out episode. But um, lucid dreaming is a struggle. It's just not a fight. It's more like um, you have to learn to focus. So you need to learn to focus and the level of um, like focus that you have is going to determine how lucid you are. So there are a lot of different levels of lucidity and like different layers. And some people might disagree with me on this. They might say that unless you're at the highest level, um, you're not lucid. But to me, um, any level of awareness that it's not real counts as lucidity. That's my personal view. So um Personally, I have a lot of dreams that are just kind of lightly lucid. So in the dream, I know it's not real, but I never come to the conclusion, oh, this is a dream and I can do whatever I want. It's more just that I have an underlying feeling that what I do doesn't matter or that what I do um, isn't real and just that the people I'm talking to aren't real people. So it's very much a low level, like low commitment lucidity where I don't think too hard about it. I just know that um, something's not right and that it's not real and I don't have to worry about what I'm doing. Um, that happens to me a lot. Um, I've also had dreams where I'm fully lucid and I'm flying around. I'm deciding actively what to do. I can, you know, create things like, you know, create an ocean, create people, um, all sorts of cool stuff. So uh, that kind of thing though, that like top level of lucidity, that's what people normally think of when they think of lucid dreaming. And the truth is that anyone can get there, but you have to be willing to do the work to do that. Like um, the whole thing that I was talking about before about like your first lucid dream will probably be a couple seconds. Like that's the norm. And it doesn't take away from the victory of the fact that you lucid dreamed because each time you do it, it's just going to get easier because you're going to learn how your dreams work. You're going to learn about your dream signs, which are like common motifs that appear in your dreams personally. So for me, I see water in my dreams all the time. Like I, I'm always by the ocean, by a lake, by a river, like there's always water. And I think that's just because I love the ocean. I love surfing. I love boogie boarding. I love all that. Um, so that's just me personally. Maybe if you're someone who likes camping, then there'll be a campfire in your dream all the time. Like it's just little stuff that's personal to you. Um, however, water is one of the most common dream signs. So uh, uh, sorry, got distracted. There was a bug on my desk. <laughs> so uh Everyone who's afraid of bugs just freaked out. It's okay, guys. It was on my desk, not yours. So, uh, 
Whew, my brain is gone. This was going so well. Okay, no worries. My thoughts came back. So um, I encourage you before you start lucid dreaming, before you um, have your first lucid dream, and maybe you're in like the preliminary stages of like keeping a dream journal and just learning about lucid dreaming so you can hopefully do it. Um, I would encourage you to uh, maybe start meditating, which if you're not someone who does that already, like you should definitely look at um, statistics on how health how healthy it is for you because it's really good for you. But um, also just for the purpose of lucid dreaming, it's like a calming grounding exercise. So that's basically what you do when you're in a lucid dream. Not like that you're meditating in lucid dreams. That That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like that sense of awareness of yourself is really critical because in a lucid dream, um, because you're actually asleep and this is a dream, um, the whole point of your mind distracting you with like dream plots and sending characters up to talk to you is because um, the truth is that lucid dreaming is not good for you physically. Like um, lucid dreaming can mess with your sleep schedule and it prolongs um, stages of sleep uh, like REM. It prolongs REM sometimes if you make a dream last longer than it would have if you had just been normally dreaming. So um, it's actually better for you physically to not lucid dream, but it's not like it's harmful to you. It's just like you need to sleep more if you're someone who lucid dreams. So um, your mind wants you to calm down and just like let the lucidity go and just go along with the dream, you know, and just kind of let it carry you along in its chaotic little storyline and just, you know, you're supposed to just be calm and sleep and dream and like let it do its thing. So when you're lucid, you're essentially going against that flow. You're going against the tide. And so what I was saying earlier about like physically fighting yourself, it's that tiredness. Like um, for me, a lot of my dreams end, my lucid dreams end because I'm so tired that I can't keep my eyes open anymore and I'll actually go to sleep in my lucid dreams and then I'm actually asleep. Um, and I don't think anyone else has ever told me that, but a lot of people, I've heard people say they pass out before. I guess they just fight it so long that they pass out as opposed to me and I actually go to sleep. Um, I'm just more accepting apparently of the end of the dream, but um, you know, everyone's will end differently. Sometimes the dream just spirals and you get dizzy and it just falls apart around you. Um, and all of these experiences that I'm describing, um, like I can describe them as much as I want, but until you're actually in a lucid dream and you're just floored by the realization that the grass you're standing on is not real and, you know, the person in front of you that you're looking at and you could see their hair and like their eyelashes and their eyes and they're not real. They're just someone that you made up or someone you saw in passing when you were in New York City. Like it's it's just this surreal experience and it really changes you as a person, honestly. Like for me, I'm a really confident person and I think that part of that is because of my lucid dreaming. Like I am extremely grounded. I know who I am and I trust like my judgments. I trust myself. And I think that part of that is because when I'm in a lucid dream, first of all, I'm the only one there. So like there is no like embarrassment when I do something dumb. Like there's just me. So um, there's that. But then there's also like to become lucid, you need to wholly and completely trust yourself. Because um, 
for a lot of people when they are in a lucid dream and they become lucid um, and they tell the dream characters that it's not real, um, they react in negative ways. Like um, historically for me, and, you know, I've said that to people, um, you know, hey, this isn't real in dreams and they get confused. Sometimes they get mad and, you know, they're like, that's ridiculous. How could you say that? And like the dream can react like negatively. Um, and it's really just, I think it's just because um, it doesn't know what to do at that point. <laughs> like, um, I think it's, I think your mind is just trying to simulate what would happen if you really did tell a real person that they weren't real. Um, I mean, it's kind of just a dead end um, issue because there's nothing like your brain isn't just going to concede the first time you say that because it wants you to go to sleep and it wants you to follow the flow of the dream as opposed to going against the grain like you're doing. So it's just a really interesting experience and it's something that you can imagine, but until you experience it and you eventually will, if you commit, anyone can lucid dream. Um, you won't understand it until you get there. And it's just, it's pretty crazy. So, um, it's pretty crazy. There are a lot of just, you know, unique experiences that are all racing through my mind right now. Just, just some cool stuff. Um, so that was a really long intro, but that's okay. I wanted it to be long because I knew that there was a lot I needed to cover and I'm sure that I will repeat myself throughout the episode. I apologize for that. Um, I am really passionate about lucid dreaming. I think that there are a lot of, um, therapeutic uses that we quite frankly are just ignoring and neglecting and no one's using them. Um, I, I had a PTSD from a health problem that I had in childhood that was really severe. And um, part of the reason that I was so depressed during that period was because I stopped lucid dreaming because I was having um, nightmares. And it's very, very hard to be lucid in a nightmare. And that's another episode that I did already. <laughs> um, but um, so right now, that just reminded me of one more thing that's quite important to know. Um, and then I will get into how to actually lucid dream and I will start going down my little list that I have right here, um, which will be very helpful to you um, because a lot of the things that I have here, you probably have not read on um, just like online articles and stuff because being honest with you, a lot of them are quite wrong about many things um, because again, science does not understand lucid dreaming. And at this point, I am basically an expert in this field just from my own experience and from talking to listeners in the past. So uh, shout out to my listeners who are not first timers who are listening to version two of this episode right now. Um, I have a great audience. Uh, you're all very kind. So um, emotions in dreams are what I want to talk about really quickly. So what I was just talking about with the nightmares that I was having from my PTSD, from my health issues, um, I had something called appendicular colic and, um, colic is a word that just means sickness and appendicular obviously is referring to your appendix, your tiny little organ that's like, um, attached to your colon. Um, and your appendix, um, it's debatable what it does. Um, I listened to a good stuff you should know episode about it, which you should also listen to, but, um, Either way, I had to get mine removed, um, and that did fix the problem. However, unfortunately, um, I had to wait four months for it to be removed, and I was 
um, in sixth grade at that point. And it took four months for it to be removed. And for those four months, um, I was in um, excruciating pain the entire time. And um, for those of you who are triggered by this, I apologize. Don't worry. It's ending right now. That's all I'll say about it. Um, it was really bad and I needed therapy. But instead of going to therapy, I chose to ignore the fact that I was struggling. And um, I just kind of shoved down my emotions. And that's why it became PTSD because I didn't confront it. So I um, I did end up going to therapy, but one of the reasons that I went was because I stopped lucid dreaming, and that's a really key part of my life because that's something I've always done naturally, um, and my dreams for me are an escape and an outlet for creativity, and um, they're just they're just kind of a hobby, honestly. Like it's just something that I do, and um, that that part of my life was missing, and that was really hard for me. So. Um, the whole point of this long tangent is that your emotions in your dreams and in waking life are very much entwined and they will really impact whether or not you're able to be lucid and stay lucid. So if, um, for example, you're going through a really stressful period in your life, like maybe you have PTSD, then lucid dreaming is going to be a lot harder. Not necessarily because like scary things will happen in dreams when you're lucid, um, but because you won't be able to get lucid in the first place because you'll be having a nightmare and that fear takes away from self-awareness. When you're afraid, you're not thinking logically anymore. You're thinking about what's scaring you and your only thought is that you have to get away from it. You have to stop it. And that's a very singular mindset that takes away from the logic and the self-awareness that it takes to say, oh, this isn't real. And that's why um, things like um, nightmares um, are so hard. Well, things are things like nightmares are so hard to break out of with lucidity because you have to learn how to get over your own fear. And that's really difficult um, because emotions, especially when you're in a dream, are all consuming because reality in dreams is made of you. So when you're afraid, that it, it basically tints everything around you with your fear because you're not just inside yourself in, you know, the great big world that's like everyone in the real world is their own person and they don't feel your emotions. But in dreams, the entire world basically caters to your emotions. So um, like if you're afraid, then the dream can latch onto that as like a plot point of the dream storyline because it wants you to be asleep. And um, so if you see that clown and you're afraid of it, then the dream will run with that and be like, oh, let's make that the new plot point and we'll make it a horror dream. And it's not like an aggressive act towards you. It's not an attack towards you personally. Like your subconscious isn't attacking you because you hate yourself or something like that. It's just because it's seizing on whatever story material it can get and just running with it. Um, which is why dreams are um, pretty easy to control when you learn how to do it because dreams just take whatever you give them. They're malleable and you can choose whatever you want it to be. So um, one of the critical parts of lucid dreaming is staying calm and staying very much aware and just chill, like chilled out because otherwise um, the dream will take your emotions and run with them and you just forget that you're lucid dreaming. Like I've laughed so hard in a dream at a joke that I made 
that I've forgotten that it wasn't real because I was so think I was thinking about my joke and I just forgot that I was lucid dreaming. I forgot that it wasn't real because I was focused on something else for just a split second. And that's all it takes to lose your lucidity. And that's why, you know, practice is so important because chances are that'll happen to you a lot of times. Um, you'll forget you're lucid and you'll just, you know, walk away into the sunset of the dream following like, I don't know, something weird, probably like a blue rabbit or something. Um, and so um, emotions are quite important and stress is the enemy of lucid dreaming. Again, not like a barrier that you can't get by, but it is like um, it's an extra obstacle that you need to overcome, which you can overcome. You just need to be determined. So um, I've talked for a long time and um, some people might have stopped listening already or maybe skipped to this point. But um, now I am going to talk about how to lucid dream um, just as like a step-by-step process. So um, hopefully you know what you're getting into now. You know a little bit more what to expect. And I have a lot of other episodes that you should check out where I delve into more specifics of some of the things that I talked about. Um, So do listen to those as well. But so uh, (laughs) I can't speak. Okay. So this is How to Lucid Dream, a remake. So the first step to all of this is that you need to learn how to remember your dreams because that's going to help you in so many different ways. I need you preferably to be able to remember probably two to three dreams a night at minimum. Um, And I know that that sounds like a lot, especially if you're someone who remembers zero right now. But if you set that as like your goal, then honestly, you'll probably exceed that. Like I can remember probably four to five of my dreams per night when I wake up. Um, So, you know, getting to that point is possible. It's really not that hard as long as you're diligent and you keep a dream journal. Um, And dream journaling is something that people don't want to do because it's time consuming or they just are lazy and they just don't want to do it. But seriously, if you don't keep a dream journal, then you're not going to be able to lose a dream. Like if you're not someone who already naturally does it, you're not going to be able to do it without dream journaling because dream journals help you in so many ways. Like, first of all, keeping a dream journal helps you understand how your dreams work and they help you find dream signs and they help you even recognize recurring characters in your dreams. I have three recurring characters that exist only in my dreams. There are three people who exist in my dream world, right? that I do not know in real life. They are not real people, but they exist in my dreams and they're frequently part of those storylines. Um, a lot of my dreams are formatted where they're like plays or movies and we're all just playing a part. Like we all know, like th- this is like my core group. We all know that this is fake and we all just, you know, play our little parts. We, we make the movie, we make the play. And then, you know, sometimes we step out of character and we make comments about how it's not real. And, um, you know, a lot of people have recurring dream characters. You could have one, but you won't know until you start journaling and keeping track and realize, oh my gosh, the same lady with red hair appears in, you know, four of my dreams out, out of this month. Like she occurs all the time. She's always there. And stuff like that, um, that can help you become lucid because then when you see her, it's a trigger and you go, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so. She always appears in my dreams. This isn't real. 
And that stuff is really helpful. And even if you don't have characters in dreams, which not everyone does, you probably have dream signs like water. And then, you know, you can check every time you're at the beach. You're like, is this a dream? Like, where did I just come from? What am I going to do? Why am I doing this? And those basic questions can lead you to become lucid. You don't need to like put your finger through a palm. Everyone says, you know, put your hand through your other hand, put your hand through a wall. That's an unreliable test. I do not endorse that test. I don't like it because I think that that's not foolproof because if I do that test over and over and over again and it never works, then why would it suddenly work in a dream? Because if you expect your hand to just hit your other hand, that's what's going to happen because this is a reality you create and your beliefs form it. So whatever you think is what's going to happen. It just doesn't make sense for it to suddenly work just because you're in a dream. And of course it works for some people and that's why it's a popular method. I just personally don't like it because it can be fooled and it's easy to, um, it's easy, it's not like, there's no fail safe. Like questions like, why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? There's no way to fool that. Like there's no way for you to be like, well, it makes sense that me and the Easter Bunny are here at this restaurant, like having tea. There's no reason in the real world for that to ever happen. So that's a foolproof test. As long as you're actually thinking about it and you're focused on it, then there's nothing that would happen that would make that test not work. So it'll always work. So the only way to get to the point where you're asking those questions in dreams is to do them in your daily life. Just you know, whenever you think to do it during the day, like maybe every time you walk through a doorway, you ask how you got here, why you're here, like, whoa, excuse me, um, hiccup, uh, just you need like you need to make it a part of your routine because if it's not a part of your normal routine, then in dreams, which while you're there, you think are normal, you're not going to do it. So, you know, you need to be doing it all the time. That's just the only way to do it because, um, in dreams, you don't understand that it's a dream until suddenly you understand. So it needs to be something that you just do automatically all the time without even thinking about it. Why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And those questions, when you ask them in a dream, maybe they won't even work because you're not focusing on them hard enough because it's something that's so normalized that you don't even think about the answers. And that's why every time you do it, you really, really need to think about it. Even if it's just for a few seconds, really think about it and don't let it become this boring thing that you do sometimes because you hope eventually you'll have a lucid dream. No, every single time you need to do it, you need to do it like you're in a dream. You need to be like, no, this could be the real thing because every single time it could be the real thing. It really could be. So you need to be ready at any time and just rehearse it like it's the real thing. This is a dress rehearsal every day. And if you do that, you will have a lucid dream. You'll probably have multiple. You can have multiple in one night. Um, sometimes in my dreams, I will fall asleep um, at the end of one dream and then I'll wake up in another one because I was just like lightly asleep between dreams. And then a few minutes later, my brain made a new one and it like, I guess, respawned me, but like sleeping again. So fascinating stuff. Um, how dreams work is very interesting. But um, assuming that you keep a dream journal, you're doing your reality checks, you believe that you can have a lucid dream and you are committed, then you're going to have one. So 
now that you're in a lucid dream, congratulations, first of all, um, what should you do? Because you realize that the world all around you is fake and you're probably super excited. Um, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is everything that Jennifer told me to do. I'm finally here. I did it. So what you're going to need to do now is calm down. <laughs> so all that excitement that you're feeling, that's great. That's totally valid, but you're going to need to calm down because otherwise you're going to be so excited that you forget what you're even excited about. And then the dream's going to just waltz away from you or waltz away with you, just, you know, dancing you along. And all of a sudden you're waltzing and you don't remember that it's a dream and you're just here for some reason at this castle waltzing. And, um, you shouldn't feel bad if that happens. Um, all of these failures are just learning experiences. And the truth is you're going to fail a lot. That's totally okay. Um, that's just how how dreams are. They're very convincing. Um, they are photorealistic and they are hyper-realistic. And they're just really amazing things. It's not like, oh, how did I not realize that cardboard world was fake? Like, no. Dreams are incredibly realistic. Anyone can be fooled. Um, so. You need to calm down and you need to stabilize the dream. So um, dreams, because they're not real, they can far, fall apart at like any time. And um, you can make a dream fall apart on purpose. You can collapse it and wake up if you want to. Um, there's nothing holding you in a dream. Um, so you, but you don't want that to happen. You want it to stabilize. You want it to be strong and you want it to be something that you can enjoy and control and live in for a little bit. So what you need to do, um, and this will help you calm down, is basically you need to do like a grounding exercise. And I like calling it a grounding exercise because I think it's funny because my recommendation is that you stare at the ground. <laughs> um, for me, this is something that I have always done. I don't remember the first time I did it because like I said, I am 20 and I've done this my entire life. So um, I, what I tend to do is I look at the ground and um, I remember doing this in one specific dream where I was in a rainforest with a golden retriever and I was sitting in the dirt and um, I had already been lucid, but the dream started getting a little wonky. Like I got kind of dizzy and the, like the wind was blowing really hard and I knew that the dream was going to fall to pieces um, because I was almost about to wake up. And so um, to keep it from falling apart, because I wanted to dream a little more, I wanted to fly, um, I looked at the ground and I just stared at it really intently. And um, I was just looking at the ground, all the pebbles in it and like just the soil, the dirt. And I was just, I was amazed at how real it was because it looked like real dirt. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Just the level of detail was insane. And that calmed me down enough and it really, it brought the dream into focus and everything. I stopped being dizzy. I was just staring at the ground. The dog was just sitting there and like, and then I was able to dream for, you know, however long, 10, 20 more minutes. Like it was, those things um, are really important, especially when you're starting out because um, chances are the first lucid dream you have is going to be um, either right when you fall asleep or right when you wake up. Most likely right when you wake up because during the second half of your sleep cycle is when you have more uh, REM sleep um, just in terms of statistics. Like typically uh, you go to sleep and then uh, you have some REM and then you fall into a really deep sleep and then um, that goes back up 
and then you have some more deep sleep and some REM, and then like there's more REM as you get closer to waking up. So um, it's probably going to be early in the morning, um, and it's probably going to be uh, right before you wake up. That's probably when you're going to have uh, those lucid dreams. So uh, just because your awareness is higher, and then um, REM is also when you lucid dream, but you also lucid dream in deep sleep. So uh, to be honest with you, uh, that could be debunked at any time that there's more lucid dreaming in the second half of your sleep, but whatever. That's probably when you're going to have your first lucid dream just because you're more conscious before you wake up. So uh, you're going to need to stabilize the dream first things first, always. That should just be your go-to. So stare at the ground, or if you want, you can pick up a solid object like a vase and just stare at the vase really hard and like just hold it and move it around in your hand, feel the weight of it. And you know, just chill for a minute. There's no deadline to when you have to move. Like, just just sit there and just be and marvel at the fact that your brain has created such a realistic hallucination. It's just so cool. So stabilize the dream. Be chill. Um, now, once you've stabilized the dream and everything's chill, congratulations. Like, this is a huge milestone. You've stabilized a dream. It's very hard to do. Um, now, uh, you'll probably be confronted, um, by, you know, just different characters in the dream. The fact that the dream wants you to go along in that tide of sleep and forget that it's a dream. Um, but you know, I was saying earlier and I'm going to say again, it's not that the dream is like aggressive towards you or that, you know, your mind is like your adversary and it wants you to stop lucid dreaming. Like, no, that's not true. For me, I've lucid dreamed so much at this point that when I'm lucid, my mind, it still fights me because it wants me to like chill out. But like in terms of acceptance, like my own dreams for the most part, just accept that I'm lucid. And obviously they still like, I still get distracted. And then, you know, the dream tries to run with the distraction and get me to follow a new plot line. But um, it's also, it's more calm at this point. Like I've reached a point in my dreams where my dream will offer me things that it knows that I want to do. So like I, maybe I want, like I become lucid and then suddenly I turn and there's, you know, a huge cliff that I can jump off of and just fly. Like that's, it's just because like my my mind at this point anticipates, oh, you know, you're lucid now. Like, do you want to go do this? And like, yes, typically I do. <laughs> so um, and th- that's that's something that most people do not experience. You probably will not experience that um, maybe ever. Um, I, I haven't talked about that as much on this podcast just because it's such an odd occurrence that at this point my mind has just accepted lucidity to a certain degree um like a lot of the time uh dream characters don't fight me anymore when I tell them that they're not real like I don't even have to tell them at this point they just they look at me and they know that I'm lucid and then they just they don't even play their roles anymore they just like follow follow me around like ducklings like it's hilarious (laughs) um but oh geez that was a that was a long sidetrack too. There's a lot of sidetracks. Okay, let me look at my list here. So, um, yeah, so right here, my dreams are more respectful of my lucidity now, but if never stop trying to distract me, it's just less aggressive than it used to be. So as opposed to like shoving new storylines in my face, they're more of suggestions. 
Um, so unlike that person who the kid runs up and is like, please help me. Like, I can't find my parents. Like for me, maybe I would see the kid, but they wouldn't directly approach me or maybe they wouldn't even try at all because I'm lucid and I'm just like really solidly lucid and it just wouldn't even try. But, um, that's a very unique circumstance and I have not heard of that coming from anyone else. Uh, let me know if your dreams do that because, um, I would like to talk about that a little bit more because it's very odd. But um, so now let's address control in the dream. So a lot of people want to lucid dream because they want to control the dream. Um, there are a lot of specific things people want to do. People want to fly. People want to have sex. Um, those are like the most common things. Um, I mean, sometimes people want to like visit movies that they've seen. Um, you know, just, just, you know, stuff like that. Um, whatever it is for you, it's probably, it's honestly probably one of those three (laughs) for most people it is. Um, the truth is that control is, it's, um, it's not difficult, but it's a skill like everything else, like lucid dreaming itself. Um, can you sense the theme here that all of this is practice? Um, so control is something that you have to work for and it's something that, um, you really need to work with the dream on, like um, manifesting things that don't go with what's already happening in the dream are more challenging than, you know, making something appear that already fits the dream storyline. Like uh, what I was saying about my dreams being kind of like movies or like play formatting is that um, me and normally those key like three characters that always appear um for the most part, it's just two. Um, one of them is pretty new. He only appeared, um, a couple months ago for the first three times. And I've only seen him three times. Uh, the other two I've had in my dreams since, uh, sixth grade. Like, I think I met, I met the first one like a month before my, um, whole PTSD thing. And then the other one, I met him later. Um, I think it was like exactly, almost exactly one year later, I met him. And then they've, those two have been in my dreams ever since. So actually it's been a lot of years. It's been, it's probably been 10 years that they've been in my dreams, um, consistently, which is insane. And again, lucid dreaming is insane. (laughs) Um, but, uh, control is difficult and, um, bringing things in that don't make sense in the context of the dream is harder than bringing in things that do. So if I'm in a play with them, um, in the dream and maybe we are in a parking lot, me bringing in, um, like a bus would probably be, um, easier than me bringing in like a submarine (laughs) and, um, not because the control level is different. Um, like Yoda says, do or do not, you know, but, um, like there's no, there's no difference in reality between me bringing in a submarine and me bringing in a bus. It's more just that, um, me suggesting to the dream that they, that it bring in a bus, um, would probably be just like simpler, I guess. And so like, I don't, I don't want to, I feel like I'm getting lost a little bit in what my point is. So the bus and the submarine, regardless of where I am, I could be anywhere in a dream and I could summon either one. It's my dream. I can do whatever I want, but the act of summoning it um, dreams are incredibly suggestible. So the act of summoning it is actually, um, just as easy for either one. It's more so that like 
changing more of the dream takes more concentration. So like to accommodate the submarine, I would probably have to have a water feature and like there's just like and that's just how my mind works. Like if for you you're like, "Oh, a submarine just drop in the middle of the parking lot." And like for you it's like an easy thing to conceptualize, then boom, it's that easy for you. For me, thinking of the submarine, I'm like, "Oh, well I want it to be able to work, so I need water." And so like changing the dream to that extent would be harder so like smaller things are easier to do i guess um and they aren't really it's just that you're you believe they are so they will be um and suggestibility um is huge like suggesting things to the dream will probably be how you first control it so in a dream you can stand there in the parking lot and um don't close your eyes in a dream because you could fall asleep but um just like stare ahead and think, you know, I want a submarine to be behind me. There is a submarine behind me. And you need to believe that it's behind you. You need to believe that there is a submarine behind you because otherwise it will not be there. So you need to believe in your soul that there is a submarine behind you now. Just expect it. And then when you turn around, it's going to be there because this is a world governed by you and your beliefs and your views and everything here is influenced by your thoughts and your opinions and your mind. So if you believe that there's going to be a submarine behind you, it will be there. And that is because dreams are extremely suggestible. If I suggest to a dream character, not like while I'm lucid, um, although it could be while I'm lucid, but just in any dream, if I suggest to a dream character, we should go over there, then they'll probably be like, okay, I know about this over there. And then you'll be like, okay. And it's just this very surface level, like carry you along on this little voyage, ferry you over. Um, it's just this very, it's like a very easy surface level interaction all the time because everything just carries you with it. And like the storyline just sweeps you along all the time. So when you think there is going to be a submarine behind me, it's going to be there because like everything else, the dream's controlled by you and you can just manifest whatever you want. So I think that so far, this is a really long episode. Um, so I think I'm going to cut it right here. But um, in real time, I'm just going to leap into recording the next half of this episode. Basically, I'm going to uh, start recording part two right now because um, I'm on a roll and I haven't been recording um, for the podcast in probably like a um, month and a half, two months um, due to just some personal stuff that I'm dealing with. Um, but right now I'm really on a roll and I really want to um, keep talking about this. So I'm going to record the next half of this right now, but I'm going to put them in two episodes so that you don't have to feel pressured to listen to it all at once. Um, because, uh, for me, I like listening to the entirety of a podcast episode at one time because otherwise, um, I feel bad because then I jump into it and, you know, it feels, it feels jarring. Cause I'm like, Whoa, what were they just talking about? So I'm going to start the next episode right now. Um, and if you would like to be done listening, you can be done or you can just start listening to that one right now. Um, if this is, whoa, <laughs> I can speak. Um, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, thank you very much for listening. I've been doing it for almost a year now and it's really fun and I have become better at lucid dreaming because of this podcast. Um, if you're something, if you're something, I hope not. Um, if you're someone who lucid dreams already, 
um, and you are good at it, I promise you can be even better at it. Because a year ago, I would have told you that I was as good at this as I could ever be, and I was already a pro. And yet, in the last year, I have become so much better at it. And I think that growth for lucid dreaming skill and ability is probably exponential because um, I think that there are things that I've only just now started to learn how to do and like things that I've experienced that I did not imagine that I could do or that I would have experienced um, before. Like I just had no idea um, how much more I still had to learn. And I think that there's a lot more that I still do need to learn um, despite my experience. So Thanks so much for listening. Um, Do tune in to the next episode, whether it's right now or at some point in the future. And um, I will give life updates at the end of the next episode. So um, thank you so much. Um, Dream on.